What brings a community together? Shared insights? Shared conversations? Welcome to Open Door by Cox Communities, tackling the big questions on the minds of smart community business leaders. Welcome back to Open Door by Cox Communities, where we're providing information for you to consider when making decisions for your multifamily communities. Discover the latest trends and technologies that are making some multifamily business owners stand out. I'm your host, Bess Friedman, CEO of Brown Harris Stevens. Today, we're discussing the importance of ensuring that future infrastructure needs are considered when planning new construction. And I'm very pleased to be joined right now for the discussion by the SVP of New Construction at Realty Com Partners, Bill Valetzos, and Guillermo Rivas, the VP of New Business Development at Cox Communications. Well, welcome, Phil and Guillermo. Uh, so nice to have you today. And I'm excited to talk about so many different topics, but let's start off with new construction projects. And I know none of us can see the future, but I'd like to know from you why you think, and I'm going to ask this to Guillermo, why you think it's so important to put in the time and effort on the front end when it comes to planning for future infrastructure needs. Putting all the time and the effort up front to ensure that the that the vision is understood by all of the contractors and any telecom partners is extremely important. Understanding the vision of the community will definitely help all of the partners involved in the project to make sure that they're delivering on that vision. And getting clarification and having someone to translate is sometimes also key. Sounds like the more planning you do and prep will secure you for the future. And so it's a good thing to have all that stuff thought about up front so that you don't you know, get too far down the line and then have to tackle those issues and go back and spend more time and money on things that you should have thought about in the beginning, right? Yes, especially having someone involved that's going to be thinking about, from a telecom side, how telecom is going to operate within buildings, if there are multiple buildings, multiple phases, and how connectivity is going to work because just as you know, just because we say Wi-Fi doesn't mean there is no conduit, no wires. That's so right. How is connectivity going to work? And as projects are becoming much more advanced, how is going to connectivity going to work? Not just for a door and a door lock, which is what sometimes people think of, but that now smart vending machine that's going to be somewhere on the property. Your EV charging stations, et cetera, all of those things, how are they going to connect? It doesn't just happen magically. Phil, if you want to add anything, please I just wanted to add that you have a lot of stakeholders in a new construction development. You have the investment group, you have the folks that are building, you have the folks doing the design. And as Guillermo said, you want to make sure that there's clarity and anything is possible in a new construction development. But budgets are not always able to keep pace maybe with someone's you know, aspirations. So having that clarity on the front end and making sure the different stakeholders either have the materials they need to be able to present and make sure that all of the budgets are aligning with the vision and the design as it's, ta as it's taking place are key components. So get started early, 
understand you, what you want as a goal, and then make sure everyone who's going to needs to be involved is involved at that from that early stage going forward. That's so smart. I mean, Bill, when it comes to getting ahead of the curve for future uses, what do you see are some of the things, the biggest things that owners oftentimes overlook? I think the biggest rub is when they have a goal and they have their vision, but sometimes they get caught into repeating the same processes they had on the last project. And typically, some of those groups, they maybe did that project, they started it three years ago or three and a half years ago, it just released to the, it is now open, they're on their new project, they're in that same mind frame. So that ne doesn't necessarily always translate and keep pace with technical changes, business changes, and consumer changes in the marketplace. And so you want to make sure that they're not redoing the same types of contracts they had previously because maybe the scopes have changed now that new players are involved and new technology is involved. And that's a big trip up where we run into clients and they've already baked a lot of their underlying subcontractor agreements. And those scopes are not perfectly aligned with maybe new deals we're negotiating on their behalf. So before any new construction can begin or start, before they do any of that, there seems like there's so much preparation. It seems like it's really important that you get the scope down and match up the contracts that are negotiated and make sure you have everything squared away ahead of time. I mean, it seems like this is a tough one to encourage owners to do. Are you finding that they're willing to work with you early on or do you find, what are you seeing as far as owners in regards to this? Are they open to it? Do they get it or is it a mixed bag? Well, they love it when you're able to say, hey, what you had contracted out previously, you don't need 30% of this because we're able to bring it in with a service provider who's doing that scope. So that creates a credit for them. They get a little bit frustrated in that sometimes with credits, when you're dealing with your subcontractors, you're getting a dime on every dollar that's coming out. Whereas change orders on the other side, if your scope is too small, then you're paying double because you're in a difficult situation from a neg negotiating perspective. So they like the fact that they're able to get a credit. And what happens is on the next project, they're very amenable to starting earlier to make sure that their scopes are dovetailing with the service provider scopes moving forward so that there are no gaps and there's no overlap. And that's really our goal at Realtycom is to try to keep that smooth and, and succinct. So smart. So smart, Phil. Yedmo, this is for you. Managing any construction project can be handful, to say the least, but throwing in consideration for future infrastructure needs that we don't even know exist yet can be a major challenge. Why do you think it's so important to have a partner like Phil, who has experience in the industry, on your side to help you plan everything correctly? I don't like saying it the way I'm about to say it because I don't, I don't consider myself to be in that bucket. But having someone like Phil's organization, like Realtycom, involved in a project, I imagine gives the investment group, the ownership group, and the folks that are project managing peace of mind that they have a third party that's all that their only interest is their interest. That's their that that is their client. Two help translate that owner's vision into current practical needs for the um, operators that are going to be on there, such as us, and advocate for the flexibility to ensure that, that there's enough infrastructure 
enough thought into it that they can expand their network for future needs. And that's sometimes a little bit hard for operators not come across as, what are you trying to sell me? Right? That's why I said, I don't like saying what I was about to say, because I'll put myself into that sales guy bucket. We do like to operate much more as a trusted advisor, but where that trust isn't there, it's definitely key to have it there. And even when the trust is there, it's very good to have some, to have a firm that is really taking a look at all of the different needs for the project to make sure that all the different groups are singing the same tune, right? Are you going to need wiring for those door locks that are going to, that are going to be placed? Or are they going to be all Wi-Fi? What is the Wi-Fi coverage to ensure that it's there for the door lock, the thermostat, the vending machine that's going to be somewhere, and also the EV charging station or other devices? Oftentimes, uh, owners won't even know what the future demands may be for their property. So how do you go about determining their intent for the property and what they will need to accomplish with their goals in the long term? How do you do that when they don't even know? Well, we, we have um, about 190 active new construction projects that we're involved in nationally right now. So one good thing from that vantage point, we're able to bring into the conversation things that we're seeing and things that are actually rolling out. And we're able to give some anecdotal evidence, hey, this seems to be working. Coming in with a microduct and a pull string is a nice you know, future-proofing mechanism. And different things that we're seeing, we're able to share real-time with our clients and provide them feedback. I think they find that valuable. And we also go to the extent where when we're getting engaged in a new property, we're checking the marketplace in terms of what else is going up in the marketplace and what kind of attributes do we know about that particular community? Because everyone needs to make sure that their, their core business and development is leasing units, and they're going to be leasing units in an environment competing with other available units. So what is one experience going to be versus another? And what is the demographic that's being targeted? And how does all that play out in terms of technology? So we try to bring a lot into that conversation during that kind of design determination stage. Phil, do you have any examples of any clients, obviously no names, where you can, of this happening right now? Well, it's happening right now. I don't want to share any client names. Of course, or any, of course not. I would never, yes. Anything like that. But yeah, we have clients that are actively asking us, hey, they're on the fence right now between doing like a competitive retail environment where you have competing providers on the property trying to get this, each subscriber within the unit to subscribe to their service. And then you have a different approach, which is kind of having a single owner network with a single provider providing all of the services right when a, when a resident walks in. And they basically have the internet as part of their rent and they have Wi-Fi everywhere. And that's great. There are attributes to both approaches and a lot of clients right now are on the fence trying to determine, do we want to go in this direction or do we want to you know, stay with that kind of more competitive retail model? Got it. Very helpful, Phil. Thank you. I'm going to turn this to you, Guillermo. Just like in any relationship in life, uh, there can be assumptions made by both parties. Just like for me on Valentine's Day, I thought I was going out to a fancy dinner, but I got a bunch of flowers <laughs> instead. So yeah, sometimes they're not exactly aligned, but hey. I got some flowers. Anyway, I digress. Guillermo, why do you think it's so important for owners to be clear about their vision for a property with their service providers? 
setting those expectations is that you're absolutely right. You know, is it going to be flowers? Is it going to be chocolates or dinner? <laughs> is, it is actually very important because it is a, it's, these projects are a little bit like a marriage. They're going to last for a while, right? What we've seen lately is really in mixed-use developments where there's a lot of problems, especially where you've got residential, retail, and commercial <laughs> office space, right? We had an, leaving all names out, we had, an, we had an experience with a large project where the design firm didn't account for how connectivity was going to work to one of the commercial buildings. So residential was going first, residential and retail. Residential yep. was fine. Retail was fine. All of a sudden, you get to the, to the phase that's going to open for um, commercial office space, and there's no connectivity by one simple mistake. In the design, someone forgot to place conduit from building A to building B. Simple uh, as that. Not that, good. That yeah. very simple mistake ended up being, uh, costing them $100,000, and that's just because they didn't have someone making sure that everything was in place um, in order to warm the project correctly. The other example that I have is, especially when thinking about how development's gonna grow, right? We have this very large, very, very large mixed use project going on where uh, now with ride sharing and now post pandemic, they've got a traffic problem that they're trying to solve for because of a, of a traffic circle that's there and all the events that can happen in the, in the surrounding areas. You have a traffic problem because of Uber, Lyft, et cetera. So with rideshare now, everything's backing up because all those rideshares want to be right there. We actually designed a, a solution for the city of Las Vegas for that, in which we've actually got cameras, we actually have AI, and there's now the Ubers and Lyfts are being staged separately from the high traffic area on the Las Vegas route. Same thing that we're now looking at for this owner in their traffic circle because they are having, it's just nightmares to try and manage all of the Ubers that are just circling right there and parking themselves. And residents are now complaining that they can't get into restaurants, they can't get dropped off at their apartment or anything because Ubers are parked there. So I'm trying to look at, at solutions like that for them as well. I've got one that happened recently where we have a development that has kind of two, it's on two sides of a main thoroughfare. It's a public right of way. And it's, it's so there's a question on whether or not that, that, oh, the, the conduit's going to be able to go under the right of way. And all assumptions are, yeah, they're going to be able to get it permitted. But what we do is we like to anticipate if that's not going to happen, what is the alternate and what is that cost? We can't foresee everything, but what we can do is, hey, if this doesn't, isn't able to come across, then that the implication in terms of cost for the service provider to deploy is going to change. Here's that amount. And just providing that information, I think, is helpful so that as these projects roll out and they're complicated and they're hard and the unexpected happens, you've mitigated some of those risks or at least you've put, you've put a dollar sign on if this doesn't go the way we want it to, what's the impact? And that way, kind of people go in with, with eyes wide open. Yeah, great point. Especially with large projects, there, there can be so many different teams working on different aspects all at once. So, Phil, why do you think it's so important to make sure that all subcontractors are aware of the full scope and vision of what's going on? Yeah, it, it just gets back to making sure that everyone's scope is aligning and tying into that overarching design intent that the owner has at the beginning. And then from that, you know, the service provider agreements take place 
and knowing where their scope starts and the underlying subcontractor scope ends, that's that critical junction point where we're paying attention to that and trying to eliminate any gaps or any overlaps. How do you, Phil, go about communicating that in an effective way? What do you do? It's actually pretty hard because you have so many different parties involved. So what we try to do is, you know, we have recurring calls where we bring up and we talk about certain things during certain telecom, what we call them as milestones. So that red flags us within our organization. Hey, here's some of the things we need to talk about and ferret these things out. And we're bringing those topics up and we are trying to communicate to the build teams hey, you guys need to check this out. We're here for you. If you want us to look at any of your the scopes within your subcontractor agreements, we're here to help as, a, as an advisor to you. We only represent the owner's interest. And so that's how we try to tackle that. But I'll tell you, it's difficult. There are a lot of contracts involved and there are a lot of those items where that particular analysis can take place. So we're not able to accomplish it all the time, but we're there to try to help and partner with our owners in order to get as much of that ironed out as possible. Yeah, I think communication is so important because then you can manage everybody's expectations and everybody's on the same page. If people are thinking different things or not aware, I mean, I, that creates colossal issues. So Guillermo, before we wrap up here, I'd love if you would share any final thoughts or any stories or messages you'd like to leave us with today. Please, the floor is yours, Guillermo. What I'd like to leave everybody with is my, my thought on the best practice. And using my experience, it's been that on projects where you have a dedicated team, or at least a team member to review telecom, Wi-Fi infrastructure needs, and to communicate them between teams is the best practice. It not only minimizes headaches, but can add to NOI by reducing costs through process improvements and ensuring that the right products are there to meet the needs of the vision of the property. I love that. So important, Guillermo. Such a great message for everybody. Bill, what about you? Is there anything, I mean, what thoughts do you have? What would you like to leave our audience with as we close? Well, I'm thrilled that we have this topic and we're talking about it and getting it out there because uh, getting everyone aware of the intricacies of these projects is key. You know, the, there's that uh, Moore's Law that everyone knows about where computing processing is increasing at X amount, you know, every year or whatever it is. In telecom, it's the same thing. So the project that was done a few years ago, the world has changed <laughs> and you got to get back in and kind of relearn it all and understand what the impacts are for your current project. And that's having groups like Cox and, and Realtycom involved, I think, you know, helps that process tremendously. Yeah, because change is so, I always say the one constant is change and things are changing so fast, it's so quick. And in today's world, you innovate or you die and you have to keep going, keep changing. And the thing that's out today, tomorrow will be old. It's everything is so quick and so fast and I think you guys together working together with this level of communication and cohesiveness makes all the difference for new construction so thank you both so much i'm glad that we're able to talk about it today and thank you for sharing and i wish both of you a really nice rest of the day thanks you, Bess. great pleasure Thanks again to Phil and Guillermo for being on the show today and discussing the importance of ensuring that future infrastructure needs are considered when planning new construction. You can learn more about the amazing work that Realtycom Partners is doing on their website, realtycompartners.com. If you enjoyed the show, 
please remember to rate and leave a review. Thanks again for listening. I'm Bess Friedman, and this has been Open Door, brought to you by Cox Communities.